you know, just a, a really emotional locker room that I just left. Um, you know, it was it was obviously not not the start that we wanted. Um, you know, just looking at it, um, you know, we Maddox Cops in there is our, our fourth starting quarterback of the season, which is you know obviously never a, a great situation, but. Um, you know, even just seeing, watching him grow throughout the game, watching him settle in throughout the game, um, you know, I think that's a little bit indicative of our, of our season. And, um, you know, when we got to halftime, obviously it, it was, it was a, a situation which nobody felt good about it, senior night, senior day, um, you know, and uh, I was able to, to talk to the group um, about Ben Finisef, of all people. Um, and I said, I said to, our, to our team at halftime, I said, you know, Ben Finiseth, he went down in a blaze of glory, and uh, and that's what I wanted to see from the entire team in the second half. And um, I told the team after the game in the locker room that um, I don't believe in moral victories normally, but tonight I did. Um, and uh, we can say what we want, but uh, I was really proud of us coming into the halftime um, in, in the spot we were in. And at the end of the day, we we won the second half. Um, and that might sound like uh, you're playing against their, their backups, their, their third-string players. Um, for that team, that locker room uh, of players to not only not quit, but actually go fight and put together a really good second half of football, it speaks to exactly what's going on in, in, in that group uh, and in our organization right now. It's been fight. It's been character. It's been um, fighting through all the adversity that we continue to face. And, you know, Noah Finsky came up to me after the game, you know, after the, after the, you know, I was mad at him for the 15-yard penalty after Frank Phillips' touchdown. Um, he gave me a hug and he told me, Coach, you made football fun for me for the first time in my life. Uh, it really hit me. It, it struck me right between the eyes that, um, and I told the team this, is that this group of players made football fun for me again. Uh, and, you know, as, as hard as that probably is to understand on the outside looking in, um, you know, this, this profession is really hard. Um, there's a lot of challenges with it. Sorry. And uh, to, to, to have a group of players do what they did and continue to fight, I'll never forget this. And I'm so grateful to, to this group of players. Um, it really is, has been the most enjoyable season of my life. And... Uh, you know, I told him before the game, one of my favorite scriptures is, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I've kept the faith. And I don't think there's anything that could define this group of players, coaches, uh, and everybody inside of these walls uh, more than that. Uh, I'm really proud of them. So I'll open up for questions. Yeah, Mike, this is obviously your first season here, but building off of what you were talking about there. Why do you think you were able to connect with these guys and with this team in the way that you were? I think, I think when I stood up here and, and I made a, a proclamation eight weeks ago, I think it was Sunday, eight weeks ago, that for the next two months I was going to make this thing all about the players. I think when I put myself out there that way, um, I think it was, uh, there was accountability truly to myself to make it that way. Um, you know, it's this this industry is a cutthroat business. It's um, you know everybody uses social media, um, you know, to to further their own causes, um, and I'm sick and tired of it. To be honest, um, you know the the coaching profession that my dad was in 
from 1976 till even now, but really in that core of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and not 60s, sorry, Dad, um, 70s, 80s, 90s. It, this is what the profession was about. It was about relationships. It was about demanding, um, you know, uh, respect, but also uh, building relationships that are transformative. And uh, I think when I when I came out and said I was going to make it about about these players, um, I, I really truly did that for two months. And I think the, the I think the group of players saw that that I was genuine in that, um, as opposed to just speaking with a microphone in front of me and then doing something completely different. Mike, you mentioned the emotional locker room after the game. Just how much does it mean to you that the guys that are in there, just about every one of them, was there when you first took this position? And you mentioned earlier in your tenure that there was a 30-day window after Coach Drell was fired that they could have entered the transfer portal, and just about all of them stuck around. What does that mean to you at this point in the season? I mean, it just shows it shows the character in that locker room. It shows. Um, you know, the investment from our, our coaches into those players and those players into our coaches. The thing that's, that I think was, is absolutely insane at, at this stage of, of the season being over is those players believe, they, they truly believe. They believe in the coaches. They believe in the schemes. Um, and usually when you're not having the tangible on-field success, players start thinking, oh, it's, it's, it's the play, calling, play caller's fault or it's, you know, or somebody else's fault in – Truly, I've never been a part of adversity in football where the, the players believe in the coaches and the coaches believe in the players all the way to the bitter end. Um, and, you know, of course, we all wanted different results. We did. Um, you know, I think this, this, this final four-game stretch of the season, I mean, it's proven to be a pretty, pretty ridiculous uh, task. And what I'm proud of is that we had guys that were, were playing extremely banged up. Um, you know, nothing that was that was, you know, you know, worrisome for their football futures. But, um, you know, we were we were playing with a lot of guys that that really, really gutted it out. And that just shows to to your point, not only that I'm not going to enter the portal is that I'm going to keep fighting, even if everything externally is negative about what we're doing, everything internally is positive. Um, And that, that to me is the biggest accomplishment of this group of players is just to not only stay together as a team but also fight to the bitter end. And I think tonight um, was, was really indicative of, of that theme of this season. Kind of building off that, you teased that Frank Phillip might get the ball on <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, what did it mean to, to end the season with that, that touchdown? Well, you know, I, I, I told Coach Patterson, uh, Paul, I'm going get, to get into some extreme sarcasm here, uh, but I told Coach, um, Coach Patterson, Clay Patterson, before the game, I said, I said, Clay, um, if you don't call the Frank Phillip um, pop pass in the game, I'm going to fire you after the game. <laughs> and so you can, you can imagine there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's kind, of a, kind of a slapstick uh, statement. But, um, and I told, uh, I told the team that in the locker room afterwards, and they were just, I mean, it was pandemonium in there. But, um, you know, I just think just that, that offensive line group in particular to me is, um, it is the backbone of this football team. Um, I, like, I, I do bed checks every night before the game, um, uh, every, you know, road games, home games. And just just the camaraderie that, that that they have together, and that that I've had the chance to have with them. I mean, there's times where Brian McGinnis is walking me around; he's trying to keep me on schedule, and I get in there with Casey Roddick and Tommy, and you know, it's uh, 20 minutes or so <laughs> in, in their room. And I just think that their their commitment level, their their love for each other, and their love for CU is so real. And I, I've always said that football is a game; it's it's all about the moments and memories. 
And, and as, as obviously the scoreboard wasn't what we wanted it to be, I told them don't look at the stinking thing for the second half. Um, that is a moment and a memory that Frank Phillip will never forget. That's a moment for, I guarantee you, that Tommy Brown will never forget. Um, and those wins, those little Vs, the little victories, to me, they add up to big Ws. And that's something that we've been talking about internally is we got to celebrate the little Vs because um, we're in a situation where there's, there's, it was going to be challenging with the schedule that we had and what was coming and our lack of depth at certain places that we, we had to be able to find the joy in those little victories. And that's, um, I'd say that was, uh, that was a big victory um, for, for the team in terms of just fighting through it. I guess maybe one of those little pieces, Maddox Cop had to play his first college game. Uh, can you talk about you know what went into JT not being ready, going with Maddox, and just kind of you know he obviously had to fight through a lot of adversity, but you know finished the game strong. Yeah, you know Maddox is um, he, he's been a pro since day one, and I'll, I'll be real candid. There was a time where where legitimately he was probably the sixth string quarterback on a roster. I'm, I'm being 100 percent honest. Um, he he had. <laughs> He went through a pretty long period of time, fall camp, um, you know, even into the first four weeks of the season where, where he had the yips throwing the football. Like, I'm talking major yips, whether it was something physically. He, would, he told me it was never anything physically, but um, it was to the point. And I, I was honest with him. I said, I, I love your um, professionalism. I love how, how, how well you study the game. Um, but I, I have to be able to see you make some throws. And it's really weird. The last two, three weeks, I've watched his growth. Um, throwing the football, his confidence grow, um, and I, I expected him to play well today because of what you know how he had been growing, and because his management of the offense, his um, you know a lot of the stuff that, that sometimes you know if you just look in the stats you don't see it all, but snap count, you know, uh, I mean everything tonight was fairly clean with that regard. You know, uh, managing the shot clock, I had to bang a couple timeouts. I was more on us as coaches. I thought he managed the game um, admirably well. But if you think about this, he's playing his first college snap in game 12 against the best defense in our conference. Go get him, kid. But what I loved about it is that you watched him kind of grow into the role as the game went on, and that was to be expected, right? Um, Utah plays a ton of man coverage. They pressure you. I mean, they, they, they blitzed us back to, back to the Stone Age in the first half. Um, and in the second half, they kept blitzing us. But uh, I was really proud of uh, just how he competed, the look on his face, the buy-in from the players. Um, I was really, really proud of Maddox. It, it, just if you think about that, coming from where he was, probably would have been the sixth quarterback to go into a game um, two months ago. And now he's out there and, and, and arguably played some of the better quarterback play as, as the game went on that we've seen all year. Why JT was his? Uh, yeah, J JT was really banged up. <laughs> he was. Uh, he practiced on Tuesday. He, he limped around, um, and like I've said from the beginning, uh, both it was a decision was made by myself, by you know, by JT. Is I didn't want. I wanted to give our team the best chance to go be successful. I didn't want, you know, it to look like he was out there, you know, just trying to gut it out with, you know, with with a lower leg injury. Um, it wasn't anything major. It's nothing that's going to end his career or end his, it wouldn't have ended season, but he was, he was really banged up. Um, it was really his touchdown run against SC, um, started it. And then the, he played through it against Washington and it got worse in a couple of hits that he sustained in that game. And then he was to a point where I think he just, he just couldn't function at a level where he could get away from the rush. Um, you know, and Drew took a little bit of a knock in the Washington game too, Drew Carter. Um, but ultimately Drew was up uh, Maddox was up, and that was about it. 
Um, so I'm glad we made it through the game because uh, Brady, Brady Russell would have gone out with a bang if he would have had to play a little quarterback there at the end. So um, a lot of really proud of uh, just how Maddox uh, stepped in, and, and I thought he played. Uh, I thought he played very. Um, I thought he played fiercely as the game went on. Hi, Coach. I think this may be hard to narrow down, but you mentioned the small victories of the season. What was your favorite moment this season? Maybe something we didn't see or something that happened on the field that you really remember and enjoyed? You know, it's, it's funny. I, I think sometimes, you know, even my mom and dad tell me that you won't remember some of the scores or the games. You'll remember some of the interactions. And, um, you know, I, I would just say this week, the, the week of practice, was, was some of the most fun I've ever had coaching football um, because it was going to be a massive challenge to get our players to, to, to be ready to go play another a game after the result that we had at Washington. Um, and I, I think it's funny because there, there was a video that went out um, with, with the penalty kick, kick shootout and then uh, Coach Turley stopping Andrew Hamster, our trainer. You know, it's the national rivalry of uh, strength staff versus um, sports medicine staff. And then when, when Coach Turley hit the gritty, I don't think that I've ever seen a team uh, erupt like that until probably tonight when Frank Phillip caught, caught a touchdown. So it's really a lot of those moments. There's been a lot of them. Um, you know, and, and I think the big thing coming back to it is just even have players like, like Noah Finsky, and there were, there were quite a few players that came up to me after the game just telling me that you made football fun again for us. Um, I, like that meant more to me than me than I think probably anything that, that could have ever happened. That, that probably just seeing Noah – uh, young man that went through a lot at Iowa, um, transfer here and, and say that like that's he, he went through a lot and I'm, I'm just that meant a lot to me. Coach, obviously you've only been here this year, but what do you think is the legacy of this senior class? The 18 guys who played the last game. Uh, you know, I think this is a legacy of a senior class that I think went through more you know adversity than any any other CU. Buff senior class in, in the history of, of, of the program. Um, and for them to fight in the fourth quarter down, frankly, 42 to nothing, um, and, and, and find joy in that situation, I think that's their legacy. Um, staying together, loving each other, uh, making it about what it's really about, and that's about these relationships and competition and fighting. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a moment last night where the, I had, it was just me and the seniors and um, it was a team meeting, and I and I had T Lane got up, you know, and, and said something that that I just I just absolutely loved. Um, he said that from my time here at CU, not only have I grown, but I become a man that can look adversity straight in the face. He said, and then I'm going to go punch it in the beep beep mouth. Um, but but I thought about it. Like that, the fact that he at, at 23 years old can recognize that and understand that no matter what comes his way, and he said football and in life, like that's a legacy because they finished well. They didn't finish with a win. They didn't finish with uh, a conference championship, but they finished together at the place that they started on the field fighting to the very bitter end. And there's no adversity that's going to be able to get in the way of these guys. I believe that. So with you know, some of those things you're talking about, the, the joy and things that the, this team had with each other, is there some relief that a very difficult season's over? No. No. Um, I think it's, it's closure, you know, in terms of knowing that you did fight, fight the fight until the end, that you ran the race until the end. 
I, I don't – the feeling that I got in that locker room after, the, after tonight's game is that there's nobody who's glad the season's over. And that, that's a testament to everybody that was inside of these walls working their tails off, players, coaches, support staff, trainers, strength staff, everybody, um, that nobody's like, whew, let's get out of here. I mean, I, that's why I'm laid up here is that, you know, everybody was sticking around and just didn't really want it to end. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm just proud of their, that there's no relief. There might be a relief to fans, right, but not to us. We love being together every day. Anything else for Coach Mickey? Um, just these last few weeks, you mentioned the uncertainty of your future. Just maybe in the short term or anything you can provide us, what that short term, your future may look like moving forward? I don't know. Um, I, 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 told, uh, I told Mark Johnson on the radio after, after the game, um, you know, I want, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for these players. Um, to, you know, we have our banquet tomorrow. Um, we're going to go attack the heck out of the banquet. We're going to fight through adversity in the banquet. Um, and then I'm going to meet with every single one of the players. Um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll take a pretty solid break there on Tuesday to watch the, uh, the third match of the World Cup against Iran. Um, other than that, I just want to be here for them to, to, to just, just love them up. Uh, reassure them that everything's going to be okay. And ultimately, I just want to continue to serve this group of players as long as they'll have me. Um, and, you know, I think it's important for me is, is just, to, just to be that, that presence for them um, and not do it in a selfish manner. Do it in a way that truly does um, show them that I care about them no matter what. And I love them no matter what. And I'm here for them no matter what. So, um, you know, I'd say that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but just... Uh, you know, just I, I think that I don't know exactly what the future holds, and I'm, I'm just glad that I know who holds holds the future. And I, I do think that that's that's to me personally, that's bigger than Rick George. It's bigger than you know Phil DeStefano. It's bigger than um, you know uh, President Solomon. I think that that is that is where I think my undying faith in that this was an assignment I was called to do, uh, and I wanted to do this assignment very well, um, and then just trust for whatever lies ahead. Mike, just quickly, you mentioned, you know, planning to meet with every player in the next coming in the coming days. That's exactly how you started this tenure was meeting from 6.30 in the morning through the rest of the whole day, meeting with all the players. How important is that to you just to end it the kind of the way you started with all of those personal interactions with all the players on the team? I, I think it's going to be really important for them, too. You know, just um, I think that they have a lot of uncertainty and they don't know what to think about. Um, what's going to happen, what's going on. Um, there's going to be all kinds of different, uh, there already have been all kinds of different ebbs and flows with regards to, you know, what the future holds, who's, you know, who's going to be here. Um, I just want to be an adult that, that is here for them and cares for them in that moment. Um, and it might be that I don't know what, it, what, it, what, what the future holds, but, um, you know, I, I think even just kind of I started that process with the players in the locker room after the game just to, just to let them know I'm here for them, period. Um, and that, uh, you know, I think that they, they really do trust me because I think they've seen that I've been genuine through it all. Um, and so I just, I just want to be here for them and, and here for CU too. I mean, obviously that's, that's, I'm employed by CU, um, but I'm employed by CU to serve these players. Um, and that's the thing that I think we always have to remember in these positions of coaching and these positions of leadership at every level of a university. We are in a higher institution 
that we are called to serve the student body, to serve the student athletes in our instance. And that's, that's what I'm going to continue to do. Anything else for Coach? All right, thanks, Coach. Hey, I really appreciate all of you guys. Thank you for, for all your work. All right, questions for Brady or Nico? Brady, you said you were kind of fighting the, the urge to think about this being your last game. Has it kind of sunk in since the, the game ended up? What have you been your feelings like since the, the game ended? Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be probably a little more emotional for me than it was. Um, even before the game, I was, like, it was kind of tearing me up a little bit. But then I got to the locker room, and that just didn't really happen at all. I had like a kind of just an overwhelming feeling of contentment and peace, even though what just happened just happened. Just because I know that I personally gave everything. I couldn't, I have no regrets of anything I've done. I have no regrets of coming back. Uh, so I guess it was kind of a feeling of peace and contentment through Christ, just that even though I've been in all this chaos, I'm going to, I don't know, found a way to, to the next step every time so far. So, For both of you, you know, Coach mentioned you know, he didn't feel like anybody wanted the, the season to end, even after all, all that, because you, know, you guys enjoyed being with each other. Can both of you describe you know, how you're able to have fun through a season that you know, has been as tough as this one's been? Um, actually, Coach has brought a lot of joy and energy to the team uh, that we were lacking in the beginning of the season. And when he did that, he made uh, football fun again. Uh, even though we were going through what we were going through, we had got our first dub, uh, our first win after that. And then uh, we continue to have joy, even though that we might have lost a couple games after that. And um, it's still football. We still went out there and tried our best and played our played our best. But at the end of the day, we're just playing for each other. So that was the fun of it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was fun for sure. But I think most of that's because of the relationships we've had and that we've forged through the adversity that we face year after year after year or even the guys that came in last year they're coming they didn't transfer for no reason they had faced some kind of adversity that they uh came here so um I always said that that uh misery kind of creates the great greatest relationships and I think we've just found a way to stay together and stick together and and um and love each other through it all so um for both of you um, you kind of touched on it already, but how has Mike Sanford changed your perspective of football, life, etc.? Um, even though, even though there's like there's going to be adversity in your life, you have to find joy in everything you do. Even if uh, you know we might have lost a couple coaches, you still have to find joy and still be able to wake up and play football. So he just uh, allowed us to open our minds up and uh, remember ourselves, remind ourselves that it's not just. Uh, a game is actually like a life learning lesson. So we learned a lot with uh, coaching, uh, found out there there's joy in everything. So. Uh, I learned a lot from him for sure, but I think one of the coolest things to me was so much of what he preached is what I believed, but he, he found a way to instill that into the team. And that was probably the coolest thing I saw about Coach Sanford is he could bring joy into chaos and peace and contentment when you shouldn't have any, right? Like it's been pretty miserable, but for whatever reason, we were able to to thrive the way we were and fight the way we were. Which doesn't, I mean, most teams would have folded, but I don't think that's that's the case here. Brady, for you, you've seen multiple different introductory press conferences for head coaches throughout your time here. 
What was different about Coach Stanford's? I mean, he mentioned that you know when he got up there after Coach Trill was fired and said he's going to make this all about the players the next two months and kind of owned up to that. That was going to be his main goal. What did that impact that have on you? And was that kind of did you see that come to fruition over the last two months that he, he really genuinely meant that? Uh, he definitely genuinely meant that he wanted to serve the players. Um, honestly, though, I don't think I've watched a new head coach interview since I've been here. I don't think I've ever I'm just going to roll with the punches and and do whatever they teach me to do. I don't know. Uh, so I didn't I didn't watch it, but he um, he definitely served us really well as well as he anybody could have. You all both touched on it earlier, but what were some of the things that you guys did as a team or that Coach Sanford had you all do that made football fun, you know, that made these losses a lot more tolerable and gave you all some joy? Uh, we just had a lot of energy and practice to begin with. So at first it was a little sluggish, but um, uh, Coach Sanford allowed us to allowed us to have fun at practice. Like we competed harder, and we uh, you know we had stations where we uh, um, be like an audience to our field goal team and stuff like that. So it was just fun uh, all around. Uh, had a lot of music going on. There was a lot of comp uh, comp competition going on with takeaways on defense, where he uh, told us where um, offense will have to run. If defense gets three takeaways at the, uh, by the end of practice, so that was just fun, like having to compete again at practice. Yeah, I think I think the competition and everything helped a lot. But uh, to me, it wasn't necessarily the things that he did, but it was the mindset that he that he preached into the team and carried over to the team. It's so you can you can have joy in any situation, no matter your circumstances, and that's something I've tried to do all my six years here because they haven't been too great, obviously, uh, but. I think it was more of a mindset that he instilled more so than actions that he took. Um, for Brady, can you just talk about the impact that this uh, departing senior class had on the program, just how you built kind of relationships with them over the years? Yeah, um, it's a great question. It's been, it's been really cool because I've formed relationships with people that the guy from Southeast Fort Collins probably never expected to become real close with a guy from Pomona, California. It's such different backgrounds. And uh, I guess T. Lang, he's my roommate freshman year. But there's just things like that all across the board. And uh, the way that, I don't know, there's not a lot of, there's probably not a class ever that's had this crappy of a six years. And the amount of stuff we faced together, I think, our record might not show it, but I'm just proud of the way that like everybody that stuck around, I'm just really proud of those guys, and that's the that's the legacy they leave on me. It might not be the legacy they leave on the fans because they're going to see one and eleven, but uh, I know those guys are going to be able to deal with whatever comes in their face in life. Um, question for Nico: I talked to Isaiah Lewis on Tuesday, and you said that Joe Chapman provided the change for the defense that you guys really needed. What did Chapman taught you about the game of football, some lessons you learned? How did he improve um, the defense? Uh, with Chapman uh, being a D coordinator, he allowed us to play fast, and we were all doing. Um, we all had jobs that we that he knew we were capable of doing, so we weren't always dropping like linemen in coverage and stuff like that. So everybody knew what their uh, assignment was, and we could execute it to our best ability with the change of the new defense and. Um, just allowed us to play faster. Nico, for you, what are you looking forward to as you move forward in your CU career? And then Brady, what are you going to miss the most playing this year? Uh, what I'm looking forward to 
is just keep on growing and uh, I'm not really worried about any uh, co uh, coach changes, I'm just worry about myself and focus on what I can control. So I'm going to attack the off season, uh, come back and uh, do spring again and keep working. Uh, pretty cliche, but what I'm going to miss most is just dudes like Nico, just all my teammates, my brothers. We fought through a lot. It's, I mean, it's kind of a broken record, but the things we've been through together, there's just, I don't think there's anything that will ever uh, break those relationships. Uh, for Brady, again, just beginning your career as a walk-on six years ago, like, have you ever have envisioned the success you've had in the past few years? Uh, I mean, I don't know. This might come off the wrong way. I envisioned a lot more success in all reality. Uh, I had a lot of belief in myself, not just... Um, yeah, no, I expected a lot more from myself and from this team, in all honesty. And I know I probably accomplished more than what a lot of people thought I would coming in my freshman year, but uh, I don't want to say I'm not satisfied because I am proud of the work that I put in at CU, but I'm never going never gonna to have a place where I've accomplished everything that I think I could accomplish. There's always more to go, more to go for in this world, so... One for each of you real quick, Nico, your interception, you know, Coach talked about at halftime, you know, he's, the message was go out and leave it all out there. How much did your interception, how did it feel, but then how much did it kind of spark this team to play a, a more inspired second half? Um, we just had to go out there and do our job, and that's what I did. Uh, after the interception, it just felt like, it felt like the game was much closer. Uh, I don't know why, but it felt like we were, like, in a, um, I don't want to say it. Like in a hard, like a, a hard-fought battle, but it allowed our offense to have the good field position that they needed and uh, get in the end zone. And we just started fast in the second half, which was way better than how we started first half. And Brady, what for you? You won the Buffalo Heart Award. Uh, what does that award mean to you? Did you know much about it? And, and you know, what are your thoughts on winning that one? Well, it means a ton to me. It's I think it's been around since 1988. So there's obviously that's been here during during CU's prime years and everything. So I know that uh, my name's now in those books with some people that I really respect and people that have um, done a lot for this program. So it's it's a huge honor uh, to be recognized. And yeah, I'm really thankful for it. Anything else for the players? All right, thanks guys. Thank you. Yep, thank you all.